millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtcast. Cole Petham here as always. And of course, we're here to talk all things Aston Villa Football Club with a away win. I, I know it's been a little bit hit and miss this season with those, but of course, it's Brentford 1 Aston Villa 2 on this fine Sunday. And of course, I am joined by Mr. Simon O'Regan as well. I mean, Simon, we'll probably rush through the first 70 minutes of <laughs> this. And we want to try to keep this to a, a shorter podcast. And folks, I do mean that because I'm actually in a rush today. So that will be happening, of course. But uh, we'll get all to the handbags, the goals, um, the slug fests, whatever you want to call it. But how are you doing, my friend? Not too bad. Um it's, it's going all right, supporting Aston Villa at the moment, isn't it, these days? So, one of my mates uh, was texting after the game, sort of saying how, um, you know, the, the theory was it's a struggle playing Thursday, Sundays, Thursday, Sundays. And he pointed out, I think that's seven games now in the last 21 days, five wins, two draws. It's all right, isn't it? <laughs> I would say we're doing pretty well, of course. This takes Villa up to, of course, well, they're sitting third right now. Liverpool and United are both uh, just basically kicking off a few minutes ago, and that's still at nil-nil. So for the time being, uh, Villa are in third with 12 wins, two draws, and three losses on the season. Uh, 37 goals for 21 against. That's a, a goal differential, plus 16 on 38 points. We're officially safe from relegation. I, we said that joke last time, I'm pretty sure. One point off the top. I mean, Simon, just quickly, it, this is mental, isn't it? I mean, we're almost at the halfway mark, and we're literally four points ahead of City on the same amount of games, and they're in fourth, and we're in third. What universe are we in? I mean, yesterday, I couldn't believe that I found myself cheering a Crystal Palace equalizer <laughs> against Man City, you know. Years gone by, I'd be furious that that City had dropped points because I'd be thinking, "Oh, Palace might be catching us." But it's it's ridiculous, and you know, there's obviously on the back of the um, the the two wins last week, there's been a lot of talk, um, you know, amongst sort of pundits and that. I've been involved in the title race, and you know, we we are in the title race. I, I don't personally think we're going to win the league, but we are we are in it because it. It's not just this half of the season. This is, uh, you know, it's not just a good season. This is including the, sort of the second half of last season as well. You, if you look at it as a calendar year as a whole, it, it's ridiculous. And the fact that we have been sort of so good now for so long, it, it's not a flash in the pan. We, we are a really, really good football team these days. And it's, it's just so great to see. I remember... The last game of, of last season after we beat Brighton and we're in the pub celebrating long into the night and I may have had one or two many Jaegers and I, I turned to young Seb and kind of said like this, we deserve this for the last 10, 11, 12 years of some absolute dross that we've had to, to pull up with and it's, it's just all coming together. I've said it a few times this season, it, it just feels like something really special is building this year. 
100%. I've said this before. I, as a Villa fan, I've never experienced this. So I'm going to enjoy this for as long as I can because um, my, oh my, this is so much better than the the Paul Lambert days um, <laughs> or the McLeish days. So whatever days you want to go in there. I mean, there's worse days after that, but we don't need to on those. Um, so regardless of that, like I did say at the top of this podcast, of course, it was Brentford 1, Aston Villa Two, of course, Brentford opened the scoring in the first half, which was, I mean, Villa had basically all the possession, it felt like, but were still punished very, very sluggish. Kind of felt like it was kind of the same thing uh, midweek against Mostar as well, which was, a, of course, a one-all draw. And, I mean, that served its purpose for both sides there. Lewis Potter scoring the 45th minute for Brentford, of course. And then Villa came to life literally after Ben Mee's. And we'll, we'll get on to this in a moment. I mean, there's enough. To, there's plenty of things we can say about Ben Mee and Villa. Um, but, of course, Ben Mee was sent off in the 71st minute for a high-sliding, potentially aching ankle, sorry, breaking tackle. Um, it's just ridiculous on Leon Bailey. I'm, I'm shocked he didn't go down, to be honest. Fair play for him for standing up, because I feel like that's something Leon Bailey would do, and I wouldn't blame him for that one. Of course, Alex Marino scoring the 77th minute, assisted by Mr. Leon Bailey, and of course, Super Ali Watkins getting the winner in the 85th minute from Bubakar Kamara, the big boob. A lovely flick, uh, not so lovely red card in extra time. We'll get to the handbags on that one as well. Probably the most um, shithousery last 20 minutes we've seen from Villa in quite a long time. But I mean, let's start with this one, Simon, of course. No Dougie Louise. So we had a little bit of a, I wouldn't say makeshift because we, we know of Villa's depth, but definitely a different midfield today. You had McGinn holding more so with Kamara, Jacob Ramsey coming back in with Musa Diaby, who has found himself more on the bench probably more often than he's been um, hoping thus far or as of late. But what did you make of that kind of starting lineup initially in the first 45? Maybe that's we'll, we'll get the painful bit out of the way first. Um, yeah, I, I think it's probably unfortunate that Tiedemann's, um was unavailable because I think he'd have probably started in the middle with, with Kamara and Obviously, moving McGinn into the middle, he's you know he's a very very good footballer and he's he's capable of doing the job there. But you do you do lose a lot of his strengths from where he plays out wide for us. Um, so it, yeah, it was a bit bit of a rejig. I kind of thought for maybe Zaniola might have started having got his goal in midweek. Um, so I, I kind of I was maybe a little bit surprised with that one. But yeah, the first half, it was kind of it's like a number of the away games we've had this season. You, know, you sort of think of maybe like Wolves and certainly Nottingham Forest, where you kind of got all the play, haven't really sort of imposed yourself on it in the final third, and then poor goal to give away, which we seem to be making a bit of a habit of those types of goals away from home. It's a bit annoying. Like, kind of, I don't think Brentford's particularly deserve to be leading at half time, but you know, fair play to them. They, they got themselves ahead. And then the second half, it it kind of for me was sort of a bit of the same pattern really. I thought we were just in complete control of the game. But with them especially being ahead now at that stage, they really had something to hold on to and they were very well organized. And it kind of part of me felt surely it's going to come because we're so dominant and we're playing so much in their half. But there's no doubt that the the red card did certainly help us out a bit. Um, you know, we've getting spaces further forwards, and it was a uh, 
I was amazed that it was a yellow card given initially, to be honest, considering where the referee was. Um, I agree with you as well. I think I initially thought that it was probably a yellow card because Bailey, I think, did bend me a favour by actually sort of staying on his feet. Um, it was a bad challenge, wasn't it? Which is not the first time Ben Mee has put in a bad challenge against an Aston Villa player, is it? So it was nice to see him finally get punished for this one. Yeah, and I mean, thank God it wasn't a, a similar outcome to that one. Mm. Of course, everyone knows what we're referencing there with Wesley, of course. And I mean, that's probably still one of the greatest shames because I felt like Wesley was still coming into his own at that point and he just hasn't... Uh, he was never really the same. And of course, now he's, at, I think, Stoke right now. Um, and they're struggling near the bottom of the championship. So it, it does say a lot that injuries can hamper. Um, maybe saying promising careers is, is generous because I, I think we were very frustrated with Wesley in general. But to be fair, he was on an uptick when that happened. But yeah, it's a reckless challenge. I can understand the yellow, like you said, and I 100% agree initially because, of course, Leon Bailey staying up, which I was stunned about because, first of all, that would absolutely kill. And let's be honest, in the past, Leon Bailey has went down for a lot of things where you kind of just want to say, get up. Um, but fair enough to him. He's turned into the bionic man under <laughs> So fair play there. But even when he break down the stats, of course, throughout the entirety of the game, it was a uh, Villa with the most possession, evidently 68% to Brentford's 32. Brentford had four shots um, attempts, I should say, to Villa's 15 attempts, three of those on target. Villa had five. Brentford had seven corners. Villa had 12. They had 19 fouls and Villa had six. And then we'll get on to so many of those fouls being evident. It was definitely a physical game in the last 20. And we'll get on to that in a moment, Simon. But I think we do kind of maybe have to bring up the sluggishness just for a little bit. I mean, it's probably not surprising, is it, given it the amount of games we already had through what we're recording on the 17th of December. There's been a lot of games already this month. I think for most teams, and we've seen like a great example is Fulham. I think they racked off two 5-0 wins in a row and then just basically fell apart yesterday, of course. And then, and then you look at a few other teams that strung some surprising results over the, the, this month with so many games and a just a congested um, batch. But you'd have to say this period where you're grinding things out and still getting points, it's fantastic. But it has to be expected as well. We can't walk away from every game three nil winners. Exactly. Yeah. Like you know, I, I sort of talked earlier about the uh, you know people saying, "Oh, can can you play Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday?" And but but it is difficult, you know, especially compared to the way European trip. You know, the the next game on the back of having played so many games in a short space of time, <laughs> yeah, you're bound to have you know some sort of lethargic performances every now and again. And you know, you think as well the the two games before the European. Uh, Trip in midweek is you know Man City and Arsenal back to back took a lot out of the players getting those wins together. But the the important thing is, like you said, there being able to 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 still come away with the results even when you're not at your absolute best. And it was kind of it was a game today that is it's sluggish in the sense that you know we weren't at scintillating best, but we were always still in control of the ball and you know dominating possession, playing the game majority of which in their half so it it wasn't you know the most free-flowing football that's our fluid best but 
there was still, I felt, an element of, of control that we had in the game, even if we weren't as uh, dynamic as we would like to be. But at the end of the day, the resource is all that matters. And we've come away with three points and you know we're still sort of marching on towards the uh, towards the title. <laughs> well, absolutely. And uh, once Ben Mee was sent off, of course, Thomas Frank was losing his mind. And I mean, maybe in the moment, I can slightly understand that if you're there and it gets upgraded, maybe you're not, of course, he's not seeing it in a replay. So maybe you think it's harsh. Um, and really everything from there on just went absolutely bonkers. So we might as well get into it now, of course. It was interesting because we all knew that Villa would dominate possession from there on out because they have the entirety of the game, but it was whether or not you would get the traditional Villa assignment when it's <laughs> down to 10 men just holding the ball. Because to be fair to Brentford, they were very compact all game in the middle. There was just no space. There was a few times Villa broke out, but they really didn't do too much with it in the middle. But I mean, for Moreno to come up with that one at the back post, I mean, a massive moment for him. I didn't think he had a very good game at all, to be honest. I mean, I think he was very, very culpable with uh, the Lewis Potter goal. I, I don't understand how he did just clear it. And, <laughs> I mean, maybe it was a sign of today. It was just a giant shit show, but a wonderful goal for him. And then, of course, you look at the oncoming corner. Uh, I mean, you'd have to say, you, you want to say that that flick from Kamara is wonderful and it was that was what was meant to happen. Mm. Hard to say. I mean, it was beautiful and it came off, so we'll give it to the big boob. I bet Ollie Watkins coming up with the good again and then the kerfuffle in the net, all that kind of stuff. Konza trying to pile drive someone through the meshing. Um, we get on even later on with... I, I don't even know how Martinez got all the way to literally the touchline next to the, the coaches, but he was there with Mopai having a, a good one after he, of course, got elbowed by him. And it was just... I'm going through these these motions and the actions of what happened so quick because so many things happened, but it was just a mental last 20 minutes, wasn't it? And I didn't even mention the, the Kamara red card in, in that whole kerfuffle as well. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yeah, I think once I went down to 10, I was sort of saying, thinking we need to, we need to equalize before it gets to say 80 minutes because they you know, go 10 minutes sort of keeping it still 1-0 and they, you know, they get to that last 10 minutes. They're, they're really going to like, the crowd are going to be up for it and they're really going to be digging in. So I, I felt it was important to sort of quickly take advantage of that 
And obviously we did, you know, a lovely ball from Bailey to the back stick and uh, you know, a nice little header from Moreno. And then at that stage, I I did feel that we were going to go on and, and get the winner. And even the, the winning goal, um, you know, the, the, the way we got the corner, Zaniolo picked it up, what, 30, 30 40 yards out or something and, uh, you know, really positive driving run to force the corner, which... Uh, I mean, this may be just be a sort of lazy, easy thing to say, but it, like the the goal on Thursday, I I don't know if he has the confidence to to sort of take on the players and go on that positive run. You know, if he, if he's if he's still feeling a bit agitated, maybe he he just looks for a simple pass instead of thinking, you know, what I'm, I'm going to you know burst down the wing and try and get across in here. So I thought that was a good thing to see, and then the goal itself, um, you know, I. I I don't think you can say with any real degree of confidence that Kamara's flicking that on specifically to Watkins. No. But but he's like it's a very it is a very deliberate motion from him to try and flick it into that space and hoping someone is gonna go onto the end of it. And you know, Watkins who kind of he he's had a few of these games in, in recent weeks where he's not necessarily been that involved in the game. But has come up with a goal. Like, I'm thinking like Tottenham away and Bournemouth away, especially. I don't think he, in either of those games today, you didn't really see an awful lot of him, but he's just becoming so clinical now and, and taking his chances. And I mean, it, it's a goal that, you know, it's a pretty simple one. But as we saw, I think against was it Fulham a few weeks ago, he is capable of missing a header from a yard out. <laughs> um, no, no I, I didn't like that. The, the, I like the celebration as well, and the, the sort of the handbags from that though was, um, you know, just a, it's a little precursor to what to what came. And you know, you, you've got you've got Neil Mope and Emmy Martinez on the pitch. You're going to see some shit houseery, aren't you? And I thought the it, you know starting with Mope sort of bashing into Martinez like that. I mean, it's, yeah, it was a yellow card. It was nothing more than that. I, I don't really understand what Mopay was doing. I thought that was just like a really cheapy one to do, especially like Martinez isn't someone to target with that type of behaviour because he's he's not going to fall for it. And but then the the incident which led to Kamara's red cards, like stupid for Mopay, you know, prattling about on the grounds. And normally, I love Emmy getting involved in stuff like this, but once. He's like um, Mopay sort of jumped, throwing himself to the ground. Just leave him there. Like, there was no need for him to sort of get involved trying to drag him up. But even after that, you know, the uh, Brentford players come pining in. I can't remember. It left back, I think. He's like, oh, I can't think of his name now. It begins with a K. He came in like furious, pushing and shoving everyone. And he's the guy that Kamara ends up pushing to get his red cards. I just thought it was really silly from Kamara. Like he, he's, he kind of got himself in a position as a peacemaker initially. And then for some reason, I don't know what possessed him, a rush of blood to put his hand to his throat and push him. It's, it's, it's a silly, like it's, it's not, it's not going to cause any damage to him, but it is a red card. It, it was a silly thing to do. And there was still like another five or six minutes to play at that stage. So it could have been costly then because obviously that's 10 on 10. You sort of you losing that bit of um, momentum, but we saw it out quite nicely. But yeah, it was a bit. I thought the referee kind of lost a bit of control of that game from from the moment the handbags with our winning goal. I think he he lost it from there. And he like at that point he should have stamped everything down 
And then you, when you know when Mopay goes into Martinez again, like he, he let things just go stupid from that. And I thought the referee kind of lost lost the game really, which is why it descended into that stupidity. Well, exactly. Basically, since the 70th minute, there was 11 yellow cards and two reds um, from that period onwards. Three of those yellows were from people that weren't even on the football pitch. I think that puts things into perspective. And I mean, firstly and foremost, I think the important thing is, is for some reason and whatever reason, Villa do not play well, especially away at Brentford. And <laughs> It's a sign of a good team to do this and, and a great strike or two. Like you said, he doesn't always get heavily involved in some games, but he nicks in something when it matters the most. And and that's what we need. And this is how Villa mo mo eh, maintains sorry, that momentum. And it's important to kind of keep that in mind. And I, I mean, as annoying as the red card is, even to get my kind of two cents on it quickly with Kamara, I just think, and I, I mean, McGinn was losing it after that you could see it if you watched a few minutes after the final whistle as well pointing to his head and even before that pointing at his head to martinez saying you have to be smarter and i'm sure martinez knows that and he probably got a, a full just absolute riot act from at least mcginn probably in the dressing room and i mean it's fair play i mean you know what neil mopai is about what he's going to do it's a losing position they're down to 10 men he's gonna try to get someone sent off to put it back in the equalizer it maybe even in their advantage of a situation um and that's exactly what he did. And I feel like, I mean, it is, a to be honest, it's embarrassing that Martinez had to do that because he didn't even need to get involved in that one as well. Mm. And then for the Kamara to, I think he was trying to initially hold the guy away and the guy kept shrugging his arm away. So then he got frustrated. Um, of course, now that's a three-match ban and he misses, what, Sheffield United, uh, Man United, and I can't remember the other game. I think it's Burnley. Burnley. Well, yeah. So, I mean, it's not a massive issue, but it's not one that's, I guess, handy and timely in terms of how we want to maintain this momentum. And now it's another situation where we do get Dougie Louise back, but we lose Kamara for a handful. But, I, I mean, I guess if you want to look at it the other way as well, he gets some well-needed holiday rest, and maybe that'll benefit him in the long run. But, I mean, it's just a mental, mental last 20 minutes. And we could all see where it was going. The tackles that were being flying in, the pushing and shoving. Uh, you could hear some of the yapping between players from literally just watching on TV. It was definitely getting physical and getting to that point. It was just going to be who was the smarter side. And, unfortunately, neither side were. And you are right. The referee could have handled that a lot better. Uh, to be honest, if you want to maintain that, start handing out more yellows because that's what's going to stop it. And he just waited way too long. Um, and to be honest, I, I think there's an argument where he could have sent off Neil Mopai as well. You know how it's going and you know where it's going. Or to basically give him that warning, maybe that happened after the yellow or not. I highly doubt it with the way that was being officiated. But I mean, there's better ways to handle that. And it just clearly got out of hand, especially when you have 10 minutes of added time. You know Brentford are going to push for something even down to 10 men. Um, but anyways, aside from that, it is a Villa win. But the one thing we do have to bring up, the, almost the greatest own goal of all oh. of us forgot it. Leon Bailey gets an assist today, but he almost got an own goal, passing all the way back to Emmy Martinez, uh, who was further out in the goal. I don't know where Leon Bailey was aiming. Um, your thoughts on that, Simon? Because wouldn't that have been one way to end this mental game off? Ah. <laughs> uh. I just, for the life of me, I cannot work out what he was thinking. And then, I mean, that was 
uh, decline of that then uh, led to like Mopay um, smashing into my list, and then I was I was just like praying, do not fucking concede from this <laughs> corner because ah, oh, I like I I don't I literally I, I, there's nothing I can say that would give any sort of explanation. I think as to I don't I don't know <laughs> I just I do not understand like maybe he's just so confident at the moment that he thinks he can literally pull anything off on a football pitch. <laughs> Fair I, play. I don't know, but <laughs> we uh, we got away with it, thankfully, but bloody hell, that would have been, that would have been some way to thrown it away. <laughs> well, I mean, one hell of a save from Martinez as well. So he made two fantastic saves, one in each half. I uh, didn't bring up the first one. But it was a very uh, well-timed save right in the middle of the box in the first half, but I mean, just a mental game, and that probably sums it up just as well as any of the other events that happened. Um, in regards to the walk-in stuff, of course, after he was talking to Thomas Frank, it was seen on the camera explaining why. Apparently, there was even a comment that Watkins came out in the press after basically saying he uh, loved his time at Brentford, all that kind of stuff, and essentially it was just only aimed at one fan that was giving him abuse. I'm not going to spectate and say it was racial or anything like that, but you would imagine it wasn't something good. Um, if he's pointing at one play, one fan in particular can hear it that well. So it's always one that can ruin it for the many. Um, and that's a, a perfect example of that. But nonetheless, it's three more points on the board for Villa. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. And just quickly, of course, uh, I don't know if we'll have a preview out before Friday's game against Sheffield United. But Simon, how you feeling about that way? Of course, we have... Chris Wilder coming back. Um, we have the haunting uh, VAR goal line post whatever situation that maybe they think they're going to get their revenge on. You have Cameron Archer coming back as well. It, it, do you think this is going to be a, a standard three points or are we in for some hoodoo voodoo? I can allay any of your fears that you might have about this game, Cole, because I will not be attending as I'm at my cousin's wedding in Ireland. So my niece and her magical powers will be at the game. So we're, yeah, there's, no need, there's no need to panic. All is going. We're going to win comfortably. Lovely. I will take a 3-1 win. Cameron Archer can score because I have him on the FPL team. So bring him off the bench if someone else isn't playing. I'll take that. We don't really keep clean sheets anyway. So what's the point in hoping for that? Actually, as I say that, of course, we kept two clean sheets against <laughs> City and Arsenal. So what do I know? But at the end of the day, of course, Sheffield United are sitting rock bottom on eight points, a minus 31 goal differential. Now, to be fair, they have been a little bit uh, tougher to beat since Wilder has come in um, as of late. Of course, they have a win under him and a loss, a 2-0 loss to Chelsea on Saturday. But to be fair, I think that was nil-nil for quite a long time until they just kind of lost control of that one. So we'll have to wait and see what shit house read comes from that game because, I mean, who knows? As long as it's not like the um, 1-0 loss when they were going down and uh, <laughs> that was the most horrific game of football I think I've ever watched. I think David, David McGoldrick scored for them early on. Yeah. Nothing else happened. I, I could have watched paint dry and it was more <laughs> Hopefully... More entertaining than that one. But anyways, I think we'll wrap it up there. I do apologize that this is a quick one, but um, I do have a one-year-old's birthday party to attend to. So I better go do that. If I'm not on best friend duty, I would be uh, very <laughs> much in trouble. But anyways, Simon, do you have anything else you want to mention in the Villa sphere before we jump off on this one? Not just it's... 
it's a very very enjoyable time and I'm I'm just so excited to see how the rest of the season plays out you know the, the festive period that we've got uh, Sheffield United at home Man U away Burnley at home they're, they're not bad games to have let's be honest are they you know we should be looking for a minimum of seven points from those three games and you know let's just, uh, let's just keep it going Absolutely. Well, hopefully Ollie Watkins can sneak into Santa's sack and steal Hmm. three points. That sounds really wrong. But anyways, on Friday against Sheffield United and give all of us villains even more um, reason to be jolly this Christmas season or festive season, whatever you celebrate Uh, is important to note as well. If Villa do win on Friday against Sheffield United temporarily they will go top of the table so hopefully I didn't just jinx it there but (laughs) then we can all look at it and just bask in the glory for one day at least maybe somehow it works out in their favor and we have a whole weekend maybe the rest of the season we'll have to wait (laughs) but regardless of that we'll leave things there thank you all for listening to this quick one a a little bit more of a bite-sized one in terms of uh, this from us usually we go on for at least 40 minutes to an hour because I ramble on too long. And if Tom's on, he does as well. So I'll throw him under the bus too. Um, we will have announcements in regards to a couple things that are going to be changing here in the near future, uh, particularly with the website and how that will affect the podcast. Basically nothing will change with the podcast, but a few things will be moved around ever so slightly. So be in uh, tune for that one. Keep uh, track of, of course, our Twitter at 7500 to Holt. You can find Simon on there as well at Cy O'Regan and myself at Talk Aston Villa. If you want to email the podcast, it's holtcast at gmail.com and we'll leave it there. And don't forget, uh, for Villa. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.